bad ones. I'm your boy does my head get cold now host Cam Harless. And with me as always is your little hostess, Miss Jessica Green. How are you doing, Thank Jessica? You. I'm just fine. I was just thinking about how that intro music sounds just enough like money for nothing and the chicks for free that I want to hear that song. And I didn't realize why I was like craving to hear that song every time I, I hear our intro. And I'm like, the first couple of notes are just close enough to Money for Nothing. I don't know this song. What? You don't I, know who, Money for Nothing and Chicks for Free? No, what is, who Who does that? So do you remember that um, very early CGI music video that would come on MTV? I no, want I, I wasn't allowed MTV. to watch. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV as a child. Wow. We, we're we going to have to get together with you and the Mormon dude from the week before <laughs> and watch that MTV music video because it's a little weird to me that you've never seen it. But we that's should just, aside we, from the point. We should just watch together that, that series you mentioned where everyone learned about sex through an HBO show. We should just watch yeah. that. Real Sex 25. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where bad kids learned about sex late at night. That's, that's true. <laughs> so before we get started, I want to let everyone know that this show is 100% brought to you by fans and patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. Uh, we have all sorts of topics we've covered, so share them with someone who may gain something from them. Also, if you join our Patreon, you'll get the occasional early episode. Like this next week, we're talking to Elias Dummer from uh, the City Harmonic, and we're going to have to do that on a Monday at noon. So if you want to join us for that, join our Patreon. We also have Zoom Hangouts, and we had uh, a party where we play games. We do all sorts of stuff. Uh, so patreon.com slash themadones, or if you want to grab a mug, which I think they're very handsome, very handsome mugs, you can do that at wearethemadones.com slash store. That's all I have to say because we need to bring in our guest. This is a guest I've actually been interested in talking to for a while. And even before I knew him from, from TikTok, it was a, it, what he does interested me and it was, we were going to do a show on it, but we could never find someone. So now we're going to do that. So joining us tonight is a TikTok star. He's a gamer and embalmer and an autopsy tech, a man who f constantly has to fight companies who steal his TikTok videos and sell subpar headphones or just scam people out of their money. Uh, he's a man who works with dead people and collects the hell out of Nintendo games. Mr. GW, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm not sure he can hear us. Are your are your bone conducting headphones working? <laughs> I think the sound's messed up. Oh, uh-oh. It's not good <laughs> Consider we just talked about headphones. <laughs> huh. Are you able to um, hear us? Can you hear? I don't hear you. You don't hear anything? I just uh -oh. hear him, and it's really slow and sounds like a monster. Oh. Uh -oh. I think you may, maybe, okay. maybe internet's woes. I'm not sure. Do you want to reboot? I can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> uh oh I just hear okay. him, and he sounds like a monster. Okay. Uh, you may want to reboot your headphones. try to reboot. Oops. Well. We were, we were, I swear to God, guys, we were fine right before we went live. <laughs> and PP Steve hears all of us. So that's, that's a positive. Yeah. yeah. Um, you may want to restart the, your headphones. In the what meantime, in, the, in meantime. the meantime, my friend Danielle got me this back scratcher for Christmas. It's telescoping. 
And at the time, I thought it was a pretty lame gift, but it's turned out to be my most favorite object on the planet. So if you get yourself one of these, you will not regret it. I'm just trying to fill the space, to be honest. Uh, GW, can you can you see the private chat? Nope, he's not this hearing us. Yeah, I don't think mm -mm. I sound like a monster. So maybe just take like, the headphones off and see if that like a sad works. bald monster. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a bald monster now. Looks <laughs> uh... like a bald monster. <laughs> 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 we could just throw zings at Cam the whole time Let's and have the guest repeat them. Minutes. Right, right. <laughs> um, Cam, maybe tell him. Do you have his? Um, there you I go. He's trying now. Nope. So he's gonna figure it out. Will I cut this out? There's no telling. Maybe I will. Maybe the audio people won't hear this, but you're going to. Right. So what's? Well, how has your week been? Your birthday's tomorrow. So yes, it's good my that birthday's we're talking. tomorrow about death yeah. today yeah i was thinking yeah. about that earlier today i was outside enjoying the sun and the blue sky just life in general thinking gosh you know life is so beautiful i'm so glad we're gonna talk about how it all Ends. eventually comes to a tragic end <laughs> <laughs> hopefully oh there we let's yeah. see you now you can hear me hey can yeah. you hear us <laughs> yes all right <laughs> I was like, okay. I'll just back out. Like, I could hear him, and he sounded like a monster. It was like, rah, rah. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I gave you an excellent introduction, so. Uh, and I missed it. Dang. <laughs> uh, well, oh, it was I, good. I'd like to think it was, but no. Uh, like I like I told you before the show, this is a topic that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And then yes. you get on TikTok and someone has some expertise and you get 1.5 million TikTok subscribers or followers. Yes. Yes. Like that's how, how did, did you expect that when you started the TikTok? No, no. I, I saw a video where, and this is the one that started it all. There was a guy that said, name one thing that happens at your job that's always a lie. And then so I stitched it and I popped in and I, I take up my little shield and I go, they say the bodies move, but I've been doing this for 17 years. I've never seen the bodies move. And then right then it was just like a wildfire. It was amazing because in the comments section was just a battle, right, left, right, left. There was nurses saying they moved and there's funeral home guys that saying, no, they don't move. And, and so I didn't even go down the comment section because it was just a war. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting involved. I just said they don't move and it, and just started a wildfire. <laughs> and you get and a so, lot of fun questions and, and strange questions. Sometimes. Like some of the more recent ones have been, have, have, what I've loved is there's there was one um, TikTok where someone had asked you if anyone ever comes in with an, an, a dead person comes in with an erection. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I would never have thought to ask that. And then someone in the, those comments said, uh, have you ever been at work and gotten an election? And they misspelled erection. <laughs> and I love that you were like, no, we don't we don't do elections in the in the workplace. Yeah. It was like I try no. to make light of a dark situation. And so sometimes I'm scrolling through there and then somebody's like, well, have you ever gotten an election at work? And then I was like, oh, I got to make a video. I'm like, no, we don't <laughs> hold elections here. 
I've never ran for office. And then, then the comments in that were like, GW for president. And I was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> so do you see your popularity owing to the fact that this is a topic that's been kind of like shunted into the back under the rug? We don't really know a lot about it. And so I think maybe there's like um, an overblown curiosity because it yes. is something that's so kept underneath the cover. Yes, definitely. Because it's something that, that, behind the scenes that everybody wonders. I mean, everybody's scared of death. And so here mm -hmm. I am answering, hey, does this happen? Or does this happen? Do, do you get cremated with your clothes on? Are you naked? I mean, it's just, it's, it's the, the subject that nobody talks about, but everybody is curious about. And because I started answering those questions, yes, I think that's why I'm so popular versus other people that that don't answer the questions because of like some places where you work, it's not allowed to make videos or talk about that stuff. I mean, right. they, you, you have to sign a, a, um, a waiver saying you can't post stuff on Facebook and you can't post it on Instagram and now you can't post it on TikTok. And so some places it's just not allowed. And here I am, I've squeaked through the crack and I started answering these questions and Boom, everybody's following me, wanting to know what the next question is. And that I get so many questions. Now I'm getting where people are commenting saying, okay, this is the sixth time I've asked this. Please answer this. And now I'm feeling bad because I can't get to everybody's questions. I try to get to the ones that are a good subject. And then I also try to find the ones that are a little bit silly. And are like, hey, did you really ask me if I have an election at my work? I got to answer <laughs> that one. So. <laughs> We gotta make light of a dark situation. Oh yeah, I I can't imagine what it's like to every. Well, I don't, I don't know how many. Do you have a dead person that you deal with every day, or is it are there lulls? Uh, well, yeah. Some days we have five or six, and then some days we don't have any, and that we use that as downtime. We restock, we clean, we try to get ready for the days that we have five or six, so so we don't have to spend extra time stocking and getting ready for the the busy days on the busy days we're already ready and so it's 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 not predicted you never know how many you're going to have to do that day until that day and then usually people are found early morning and then you know they're coming up in the afternoon oh, okay okay so you get more bodies in the morning time that's interesting yeah um it just it just ranges when when you're found <laughs> and right, if, right. if they deem you needing an autopsy see the purpose of the autopsy is to figure out the cause of death and so if you have a history of cancer and you pass away then they're going to put on your death certificate that you had cancer and they will relate your death to that now if you're found unresponsive and you have no medical history you're 35 we're like okay yeah you need to be sent for an autopsy to figure out what your cause of death is well right. that does yeah. there's a question in the chat which is kind of along these lines if someone comes to the morgue with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound is an autopsy done or would it be case by case maybe requested by the family or law enforcement yeah definitely it's requested by the law enforcement so if it's if person left a note they were telling everybody they were going to do it and then they did it you would do the autopsy if if there wasn't an exit wound if the bullet's still in the head you would want to do the head autopsy to remove the bullet so you never want to bury a bullet because the minute mm -hmm. he's in the ground the family's going to say he's a homicide 
or she's a homicide. So never bury a bullet. So if it is a suicide and the coroner can rule it out, if they left a note, if they were suicidal, they were telling everybody they were going to do it, and then they did it, might not need an autopsy. But if they didn't tell anybody, like the people that are really serious about it, they just do it. They don't tell. They don't you you don't see the signs they're sad they they just go ahead and do it then then you probably need an autopsy to make sure that it's a con a contact wound and make sure that the bullet matches the gun if there's still a bullet in there and so yes and no suicides do need to come and sometimes they don't need to come so are the practices for when a person dies in their home because I'm I'm presuming that you're talking about people that you're finding in the house. Um, is this a stand? Is there like a standardized across our country kind of practice that happens? And if there is, can you kind of walk us through what a body will experience? I guess experience is probably the wrong word, but what the um, what the body will travel through in in the in the coming hours and days. Right. So if a person is found at home and they are deceased they so the person that finds them will call the police call call an ambulance and then everybody show up and you pronounce the body and then if the coroner shows up and pronounces the body and says hey they're not going to make you don't send them to the hospital right then the coroner would decide if this is a suspicious case or if this has any history if it needs to go to get an autopsy, if police need to be involved, if it, if the scene is suspicious, so the police get involved. They they do their investigation. They they collect the evidence. They try to figure out, hey, is this a just a found dead, or if this is a homicide or a suicide? And then the police will be involved with the process of sending the body for an autopsy. Okay. So the coroner will bag the person up and take them to usually a medical examiner's office to where they will perform the autopsy and uh, it will be in conjunction with the coroner with the police state police local um, sheriff's office whoever whatever police agencies involved there'll be reports and then you'll get stories from the police that they've done contacting the last known person to talk to them and seeing what they're mood was what if they were drinking if they were doing drugs if anything of that was involved and usually get a story so not always but usually get a story until about the last person that seen them and then the next person that found them and so you try to figure out what happened in that little gap did they keep doing this or keep doing that and then then they're sent for the autopsy and then depending on what uh what happened to that person say if they did shoot themselves in the head that you could just do a head only autopsy remove the brain remove the bullet or if it's an unknown the person has no medical history they need a complete autopsy i'll take your brain and then i'll take all your organs hand them to a pathologist and they'll look for signs that maybe caused your death and then um we'll take toxicology blood urine, we'll take vitreous, we'll take eye fluid, and we'll run that into a toxicology lab to see if if you were poisoned or if you were drunk or if you had drugs on board. That also plays into effect of your cause of death. 
So after the autopsy, we will bag you up and then the family will make arrangements at a funeral home and then that's who will come and pick you up and they will get you ready for your funeral if you're getting embalmed or if you're getting cremated. They do it all there at the funeral home. Right, right. Okay, so you don't actually do any of the process as far as preparing the body for interment. You're just making sure that the investigators or law enforcement has the pieces that they need before right. they go to that process, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah so we, we take their, their stories, their investigation, and then we do our part. We, when you come in for an autopsy, we'll, we'll take photographs of you just as soon as we unzip the bag, what all you're wearing, we'll document all your clothing, we'll document all your scars, we'll undress you, we'll photograph you then we will do the complete autopsy and we'll also look for any type of cancer or any kind of heart attack or stroke or any of that medically the doctor will help try to figure out why possibly you died right and what percentage oh i'm sorry cam and what percentage of cases is there absolutely no way to tell how a person died uh i don't know that that answer um oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of times that that you come in and we will look over the body we will do the complete autopsy and we won't there's nothing visually we can tell why you died and so it will right. rely on when they cut your organs they'll take pieces of tissue and they'll submit it to histology. Histology will put it on slides. And so you'll be able to look at the heart under a slide, liver, kidneys, and then also right. we'll send away your toxicology and hopefully maybe we'll get an answer from your drug screen that will also help. But yeah, sometimes you do a complete autopsy and visually you don't see it. It might be microscopically later when you get the slides back that you can look and see if something was going on or the toxicology comes back and person had drugs on board and maybe that played a part in their death. Right. Right. So we, we've kind of gotten sort of into some of the nitty gritty, but what I want, what I want to ask is how did you start doing what you're doing? Was this like a plan for a long time? Did you fall into it? How did you become an embalmer and an autopsy tech? So it just, it kind of fell into my lap. So go way back when I was eight years old, my mom was making dinner and I wanted to go out ride my bike with my friends. And she's like, don't go far. Supper's almost ready. So here I am on my bike riding down the road. I'm about a mile away from the house. There's a car behind me. So me being the smartest kid in the world, I'm like, well, I'll just go to the other side and then the, the car can go. Well, as I went, across the middle so did the car wanted to go around me so the car hit me i went up on the hood hit the windshield rolled off lady in that in front of her house she ran out she goes lay down you're hurt and i'm like no i'm not hurt let me get up and they're like no don't get up we called an ambulance we called the police i'm like no my mom's gonna kill me like <laughs> you gotta let me go home Police officer shows up on scene. He's telling me, I'm laying in the middle of the street. He's like, don't move. You might be injured. What's your phone number? And I was like, oh, no, you're not calling my mom. So my mom taught me when I was little, my name and my phone number. If I'm ever in trouble, give them my phone number. So I gave them all but the last digit. And I was like, that's it. And they're like, no, we need to, uh, we need 
one more digit. And I'm like, no, that's it. And well, then I told them my name. And so they were able to, and this was back when we had the white pages and yellow pages. They looked up my name and found my mom and called her. Well, the police officer was laying there and I was like, he's, he told me, he's like, we've called your mom. She's on her way. I'm, I started freaking out. I was like, please don't. No, she's going to kill me. I wasn't supposed to go very far. Well, they put a blanket on me. Mom pulls up at the scene. She beats the ambulance because it's only a mile down the road. And I, I tell the police officer, please save me. She's going to kill me. And the police officer looked at me and he said, I will keep you safe. I, that's my job. I'm a police officer. And so mom showed up. She's freaking out. She sees her kid laying in the middle of the street with a blanket on him. <laughs> she thought <laughs> I was dead. Yeah. I get a ride to the hospital in the ambulance. I broke my collarbone. I had road rash. I had a broken leg. I'm laying in the hospital. The next day, A police officer, that police officer came to the hospital and he brought me a brand new bike and he said that my old bike was trashed it got yeah. destroyed and he wanted me to have the bike so right then i knew i wanted to be a police officer i wanted to help people so i went to college i got a criminal justice degree but i couldn't be a police officer i'm too big of a teddy bear <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be shooting at me i couldn't shoot at somebody so i didn't use my criminal justice degree to go into law enforcement I got on at the medical examiner's office as an investigator. So I was working with the police that were writing the reports for the autopsies. I was traveling all over the state, bringing the bodies back. I was writing reports. So I was helping people, but I was an investigator instead of a police officer. And after right. four years of doing that, a position came open in the morgue and i applied for it and i took it and so now i've been doing autopsies for 15 years 14 years wow. okay and corollary to that can you tell us what the very first day was like because going from not cutting open dead bodies to cutting them open pretty big pretty big jump so like what was that like what was that that transition i so in scary movies, horror movies, they teach you or they show you that the, the body's going to move. And so I'm sitting there just looking at this guy on the table and I'm like, he's going to move. I'm just waiting. He's going to move. I've seen it in the movies. They move. He never moved. So I was pretty, I was scared to death. I'm like, man, this is somebody. Like, if you think about it, me, uh, like us three right now, we're all talking, we're living, we're breathing but we could be on that table tomorrow. So if I had to distance myself from thinking this guy was alive talking to his family yesterday and now he's on my table. So I had to learn that the person is gone. They're in a better place. This is just the shell that they were in and I'm going to help this person's family get answers so they can sleep at night. This is gonna give them the answers they need why did dad die or why did my brother die or or whatever and so i had to set that mindset where i have a purpose this is a job this is where i'm going to be helping people the person's gone but i'm going to help that family and so that right. first time i was scared to death like i was looking down i'm like he's gonna move he's gonna move he's gonna move but he never did so after about a week that kind of went away and i'm like okay okay i can do this 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 is so weird, but this has a purpose and I have a purpose and I'm going to help people, even though I not helping that person, I'm helping that person's family. And then that 
melt that made the world to me like okay i'm helping this person's family i'm going to help them get results i'm going to help them with answers so they can they won't have to worry about their loved one anymore right 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 so i i i do want to ask you this question i, I want to hit all of these because everyone's very interested we have several questions um but uh one of our one of our viewers dinah sent in a a an email to me because uh she, so um she she has a question that's she's been that's been lurching over her for 15 years and oh, she saw no. this as as a chance to perhaps get an answer that will help lay the question to rest um so she she gave me some some basic information in case you know you you know if laws or methodology are re relevant but this was in sydney australia in summer of 2007 and uh it was a male aged 49 and uh it was a suicide by hanging with a belt and they found him from hanging from a tree outdoors and i think this is the important part but the time elapsed between death and discovery was approximately 50 hours so here's that's the background but here's the question um so this is what she wrote she said i had to identify my partner's body they gave me a bit of time to be with him. I held his cold hand, touched his cold forehead. Then I bent down to kiss his cold lips goodbye. The coroner guy sprang forth and said, no, but it was too late. I ignored him. He didn't say anything after the fact. I didn't ask. All I knew was that my love wouldn't wake up. I need to know the truth, no matter how gross it might be. It can't be more gross than my own speculation over time. Uh, what was he saying no for? Was it embalming chemicals? Was it insects? Why was the coroner guy so concerned? So I don't know the background if he was sent for an autopsy. Right. But the coroner might have been saying no, because if he was going to send it for an autopsy, you don't want contaminants like outside right. things on the body. Right. Now, okay. with it being 50 hours, he was probably decomposed and he was probably had bugs all over him yeah i mean i i think he was just trying to be safe for her to say hey don't but it was too late and she already did but usually if a body is a homicide and it's being sent for autopsy they don't want the family handling the body in case there is evidence there that might get contaminated which i don't know if he was sent for an autopsy which she was sent she was there to identify him so it was probably more or less evidence wise as i'm guessing i don't know the whole story but usually when you tell family members not to hug and kiss on the body that might disturb some evidence that they might be able to collect but also right. he was probably decomposing and he probably just didn't want her kissing on a decomposing body but which was her partner and she was giving him her last his last kiss and i understand how hard that probably was for her and yeah and she i don't think she did anything wrong and she she was perfectly fine for what she did and she shouldn't live with any guilt for what she did and she, don't feel bad don't feel bad at all i mean if that was my wife i would i would have done the same thing yeah and, and when i read the email like at first i read I read through it and I was like, well, I don't really understand why they do that. But then I went back up and saw, you know, it'd been two days in the tree. And right. I'm like, that's you're in decomp at that point. Yeah. 
Like it's yeah. not like you've been on you've been in a freezer or anything like that. Like I you, I don't yeah. decomp's pretty gross. I mean, I don't know if it'll necessarily hurt you, but no, no, it's just it's just icky smelly. I mean, after so many hours, we start to liquefy, and it's yeah. just part of the process. If we don't get embalmed within a day or two, if we're not in the cooler, we start to turn green and start to liquefy. It's it's not a pretty sight. I, I told my kids, I said, no matter how big of a butthead your dad is, give me a call every day, and if I answer, just hang up on me. But if I don't answer, come check on me. <laughs> right. Don't let me decomp. Yeah. Right. You said that process usually takes about two days to get going? Uh, it just depends on your surroundings. Like if you're in your house and you got your heater going and you're sitting in your recliner, that heat's not going to do good for you. And if you're outside mm -hmm. and it's the summer, that, that summer heat's going to get you. So it just depends. I mean, you could be outside in the winter and it, it will slow it way down because it's cold. Heat right. will make you decompose faster. So yeah. right, right. Have you heard of those dead, those dead body like fields and forests they have with certain yeah, universities? The, yeah, body body farms. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. Like I, I would like to go see that. That would be neat. Yeah, it, it, and I always feel like, am I a bad person for wanting to go see that too? <laughs> no, it's 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 part of life. It's it's just something that you're curious about and you want to see. Well, it makes me think about like in the Victorian times, for example, if somebody died, a family member died, you'd have that funeral in the house, you'd have the wake in the house, they'd be set up in the living room to do all of that. And I don't know, I mean, you, I guess you would try to get that process done and over with by maybe the second day, because at that point, you're starting to deal with like, the chemical processes yeah. of death are setting in. Um, yeah. And I guess I, I guess I just always kind of wondered, like, what's your timeline look like? from the minute the person, and like you said, temperature really is gonna affect yeah. how yeah, fast that definitely. process starts. Yeah, if you can turn the air down in your house, then it would be it would be a little bit ideal, but if you die in the winter and you got your heater on, it's not gonna be good. Right, yeah, right. It, it makes me think of the fact that if you die in your house alone and you have cats, if you're in there long enough, the cats will start to eat you. I don't know well, if you fair knew enough. <laughs> yeah. Did you have you ever had someone come in whose cats had started on them? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Uh, there was one time there was a dog. This guy oh. and his dogs. It wasn't pretty. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Because like, they're, they're hungry and they're they're gonna go for food. Yeah, and we are we are ultimately meat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I want to ask, so this is a, the most questions we've, I think we've ever gotten on a stream. So I do want to do some of those. Um, but I do, I also want to know, just like you wake up in the morning, you, you know, put your, your clothes on, you brush your teeth, you get in your car, <clears throat> you get to work. What does an average day look like when you have bodies in the morgue? Uh, usually when I get there, um, usually when I go, there's, there's two or three, so I make sure the names are correct. Sometimes you want to make sure they send you the right body. You don't want to autopsy the wrong body, and your permission slip, if you have one, it matches the toe tag. Then we we weigh you, we measure you, then we put you beside the autopsy table, and what we'll do is I'll open the bag, and we'll document 
every piece of clothing you have on. Then we will take full photos with everything that you have on. Then remove everything that you have on, put it all in a bag so it doesn't get dirty. Or if you're a homicide, what we'll do is we'll bag each individually piece so it's preserved in case there is hair fibers or anything like that on the body. Right. And homicides usually take longer because you have to slow down and go step by step and make sure that you collect fingernails and you collect if if it's a female you have to do a rape kit and you have to do those slides and so if you're sent in and you're a possible overdose it, the process is a lot faster versus a process of doing a homicide sometimes a homicide mm -hmm you're shot multiple times or stabbed multiple times, documenting every single hole and photographing every single hole or injury. It We've had them six, seven hours just for one case versus a found dead overdose that might take 45 minutes. And so right. each, each day is similar, but it's different. It's a different case. It's a different person. You have to figure out what the backstory background story is if it is a possible homicide or a suicide you have to treat them differently and so each case you have to learn about that person and their life as much as you can sometimes they come in and you, you just have the story found dead and so you have to treat it like okay is this a homicide is there any injury and then back off a little bit to where you don't have to do as much work it's do you have to like so are you, at this point, are you just used to it going in with, you know, change, you had to change your mindset? Are you just used to it? Or is it something that you have to kind of renew with it? I'm looking at a dead it's, body. I mean, yes and no. It's, it's I hate, I, I've kind of desensitized myself to where it doesn't like it, it doesn't get to my feelings. Like I leave work at work. I can't bring my job home and talk right. to my family about it. Or I have to worry about like, cause we get, we get shaken babies and we get oh, children that are homicides. And so when I first started as an investigator, I picked up a shaken baby and brought it back to the lab. And I just wanted to go find that dad. And just, I wanted to shake him. I'm like, how, how do you do this? I had three little kids at home. And I'm like, how could somebody do this to a child? And it just right then I knew I had to leave work at work or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this job. Right. Well, it, so when my, when my dad passed away, um, we, I, I went to the crematorium to pick up his, his remains. And it was, I think this is when I started thinking about, I really would like to talk to someone about this more because it was this rare chance of being able to ask someone in kind of a, an almost shrouded job, what they right. do, what, you know, and so I remember walking through there and he was kind of showing me how the incinerator worked and the, the little place that you, um, you would pour the ashes and kind of get anything that you, know, like you sifted them. And my brother was standing there with me and he was not there for it. Like he was not happy having to hear any of this because <laughs> the, the guy yeah. picks up a bone and he's like, and yeah, if you, you just kind of, and it just crushed in his fingers. And that was when my brother promptly left the room. And I was just like, yeah, he's wow. like, yeah nope. <laughs> he's like, yeah, too much. But we, we walked back to, um, so I've asked someone some of these questions before, <clears throat> excuse me. But we walked back to the cooler and there were just body bags in the cooler. 
And I was like, wow, that it was just so wild to see what I knew were human beings, that feeling that you're talking about that are just there yeah. and not, right. not there at the same time. Right. And then there was one that was about half full and like in my head, I was like, oh, that's a, that person was in half because my brain didn't want me to go with that's a kid. That's a kid. Yeah. 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 Didn't that's, that. We put that farthest away from our head that we're like kids live forever, but they don't, they they, they die too. And that, that makes this job so hard. And so people ask me on my TikTok and they're like, do you, have you ever autopsied a kid? And I say, yes, I call them precious cargo. It mom didn't get to keep them very long. And now they're in my care. I'm going to do everything I can to help mom get some answers because right. sometimes baby babies are gone way too soon. And there's, I mean, there's sometimes you don't have an answer why the kid died. And then, so that's got to be the hardest thing. I couldn't imagine losing a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thought is you talked about how you expected them to move. And I understand that too, because when my wife's mom passed away, I was, we were in the hospital and she, they had the body right in front of us, I guess, to say goodbye in some sense. And, you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't my mom and it, you know, it was more, a lot of it had to do um, with their family. And so I was kind of more somewhat disconnected um, in some sense, but I remember just looking at her body and expecting her to blink or to breathe. You yeah. Know, Cause you, you, you look at this person who, you know, and they're just laying there and there are these things, these little things that all humans do that you're looking for, but aren't happening. And it's the most surreal and disturbing thing because it's like, just blink, just blink, just move, blink, just man. take yeah. a breath. Yeah, because you were alive yesterday, and now you're laying there lifeless, and it's our—it's so much for our heads to try to take in, and we see it on the movies. They're like, okay, they'll blink, they came back to life. All right, they, they, okay, not sad anymore, but it—it it doesn't happen like that. Once they're gone, mm -hmm. they're gone, and it—it it is sad. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people describe looking at their loved ones in a casket or at the funeral and saying, oh, he, he looks like he's asleep. And there, when you look at a person who's deceased and a person who's sleeping, even if it's a still image, you can tell something is different. Yeah. Though I'm not educated enough on the topic to be able to like pick out what is it that I'm looking at that lets me know that something's different here, like the, it's no longer animated, like the spirit's not there. Do you know offhand with your experience, what is it that thing that thing that kind of jumps out when you're looking at the pic a picture of a body that lets you know in your human nature, like, oh, that person's dead? Uh, I think I mean when you look at a like a photograph like of a deceased person, like like right now we're all alive, our hearts pumping, blood's going, I got color in my face, you got color in your face. Well then all of a sudden when your heart stops we all kind of turn like white or gray because the mm -hmm. blood flow is not up there anymore. And so you just kind of right, like, right. you see people and you're like, they're, they're just kind of like, they don't have the color that they used to. And that's mm -hmm. one factor because the heart is not pumping the blood up to the skin to where you can get your color. And so that's one thing embalmers try to do is to use certain color dyes to shoot back up into your face to bring you back mm -hmm. look to make you look like you're sitting there sleeping and mm -hmm. it's just it's 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 crazy how they've
come so far in embalming to where they can use certain dyes and it, it will bring the color back to your face. But once you stop breathing and the heart stops, you lose your color. You kind of turn gray or, or pale, you can tell. And then all your blood starts to sit. It pulls to the back of you. Right. Le lividity? Yeah. When the blood settles? Yeah, I've heard, I've, yeah, I've blood heard settles, of that before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's kind of how they can tell what position you were laying in when you die. Right. That, right. That's so, that gravity will pull the, the blood in your body to one area or another. Yeah. yeah. So if you're laying on your face, this right. will be all white and then boom, we'll roll you over and this will be all purple because you're all the pressure was, was on that one side and that's where all the blood went. But then this side over here is all gray and discolored. Right. Right. And so that's so, how like detectives will we can tell if the body was in one position and then moved to a new position they can tell from the way that the blood pooled like mm -hmm. hey this body was moved this is not how he died <laughs> well yeah i was i was watching some some tv show recently and they were talking about how they knew that the body was moved and i'm all i've always wondered how how do you know that and so now I know it's 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 where the blood settles. That's interesting. Yeah. It's just, um, you die a certain way. That's the way the blood settled to the back. They're right. pulled down to the bottom. It's so funny to think that you know gravity has that effect because when I know it should, but you know since we have hearts, it doesn't typically. But it's it's so funny that everything just kind of settles, and I'm sure a lot of other things settle that are plenty gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, si since you've done your TikTok, um, what is probably like? Let's say I'll ask you first. What are your favorite questions or the most interesting answers you've had to give to people? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's weird how the the littlest things that I answer I don't think is a big thing to me, but like the world goes crazy when somebody asks do I remove piercings? And I'm like, no, I don't remove any of your piercings except for your tongue ring. I removed your tongue. Everybody went crazy. And I, it was like a 30 second video. I'm like, I don't remove anything except your tongue ring because I remove your tongue. All your other things stay in place. Well, that video like blew up, went crazy. Like I was all over the internet because I said, I remove your tongue. Yeah. It, everybody was freaking out. <laughs> it, it, it's a normal thing for me, but I don't realize that not the whole, the world didn't know that I removed your tongue during an wow. autopsy. And Why do you remove the tongue? So the doctor that I worked with told me that we removed the tongue to make sure that there was no trauma to the tongue, that you didn't have a seizure and bite down on your tongue, that sometimes you choke on food in the back of your throat so it's better to take the whole tongue and get the throat out all in one swoop so we can look at the tongue look at your throat make sure you didn't have drugs in the back of your throat or if you didn't bite down or if there's no trauma so the doctors if they go to court a prosecutor can say hey did they have a seizure did they bite down on the tongue so it's a good thing to remove everything and look at everything and not need it versus did you look at the tongue no we didn't remove it so it's just part of a complete autopsy that we take the tongue and then if you hang yourself we we make sure we get the hyoid bone and make sure that's not broke or if you were strangled we look make sure that that wasn't broke when you were strangled so it's just part of a 
full autopsy that we take the tongue and I didn't I didn't think it was a, that big of a deal but everybody lost their crap and they're like are you going to give me my tongue ring back I'm like <laughs> everybody was freaking out they're like excuse me why do you take the tongue I'm like it's just part of a complete autopsy we take that and then all the way down I, I take your testicles and then they all lost it again <laughs> they're like what do you mean you take the testicles I'm like I pull them out and make sure that there's no trauma. Make sure you wasn't kicked down there. I mean, that's just part of the autopsy. And the, the ladies loved it. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 take his testicles. But then when I said, I remove your hoo-ha and I remove all your female parts, they all got mad again. I'm like, why are y'all getting mad? It gave you a whole life of pain. I take it out. Now you're upset? No, you don't remove that. I'm like, yes, I remove everything. Everything comes out in a full autopsy. And so it's like 50-50. The ladies got, uh, they got happy when I said I removed testicles. And then, then they got mad when I said I removed their hoo-ha. <laughs> so it's, I have fun with it. And I try to make light of a dark situation. So I try to look for, for questions that are a little bit silly, but they're serious too and so i just kind of look up there and i'm just like what you really asked this okay and then i give you my answer i try to have fun with it in my head i'm a comedian but then when i make the tiktoks they're not as funny as i thought they are <laughs> i show them to my wife and she's like you're not funny i'm like yes i am yeah well, that's funny right there it's the duty of the wife to tell the husband his jokes are not good know, she, even if they she, are she's chopping me down like i go come on that's funny she's like no it's not. So, I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Am I to understand that no one goes to the grave with his balls intact? Well, if you get an autopsy, we remove them. Right. If you die and you don't need an autopsy, then you they're still there. Okay. All right. So, so now you know, boy. So yeah. So if you get an autopsy, I'm going to pull them out and I'm going to make sure that you wasn't kicked in the balls or if there's not a bullet hole wound down there or or somebody mutilated you. This is part of, did you look at the testicles? Yes, your honor, right. we did. Well, right. that's, what, that's funny about that is Jessica, if her friend ever has to have an autopsy, they're going to find a BB lodged in his testicle. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> When I was a teenager, I shot a friend of mine um, with a BB gun, and the BB, as far as I know, is still lodged in the ball sack. So, oh. um, if he <laughs> if he reposes, so he's, got, in he's a, got three down there. <laughs> right, right. So, if he reposes in a non natural way, I may have to account for shooting him in the balls. Um, uh -oh. I hope they'll be able. To, I hope they'll be able to tell that that BB has been there for a long time. What you don't <laughs> realize is it poisoned him for so many years that that's what killed him i told him oh. that he should get it removed because i'm worried about that but he says he's not gonna so yeah, it's I not on me at this point <laughs> yeah i'm not no i wouldn't do that either uh <laughs> so do you have a question that keeps coming up even though you've probably answered it already on tiktok like what people um, are most interested in there's there's a lot of repeat questions and i try to detour them back to the first i mean because i've i've made 800 videos now um a lot of people want to know if the bodies move and i tell them no and then uh, a lot of people ask if they have to have an autopsy they don't understand that about the cause of death thing a lot of people just keep asking do i have to have one i want to opt out and so a lot of people don't realize if you 
die of an old age and they have a cause of death, you won't need one. So I get right. that a lot. They're like, I, I answer questions and they're like, okay, not note to self, not dying or note to self, no <laughs> autopsy requested. So they don't understand of the length of all my videos that not everyone gets an autopsy. You only get one if they don't know why you died because they need to fill out that death certificate why you died and so that's the purpose of the autopsy is to we need to figure out why you died okay right, right. um what do you think the like based on what the work you've done what do you think the ratio has been from you know homicide to essentially natural even though if, even if it's an od like not homicide do you have a lot of homicides or is that relatively rare um uh, there well where i am i'm little rock Arkansas and there's a lot of gun violence there's a lot of homicides and we do um, some autopsies from the top of Louisiana and there's a lot of gun violence down there and so there's a lot mm -hmm. of homicides but here lately we've been getting lots and lots of overdoses mm -hmm. from fentanyl there's a lot mm -hmm. of fentanyl overdoses it's 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 getting them right and left and it's just crazy how bad everybody's just overdosing on fentanyl and i think there's there's probably three times as many fentanyl overdoses versus gunshot wound homicides now it's it's insane like they're at home doing drugs and they're not making it versus out on the street shooting at each other so it used to be a lot more homicides where they were shooting each other but now it seems like we're getting more drug overdoses because okay. of the i guess the fentanyl they're putting it in everything and it's just not good for the body and it's, it's killing people right and left i would um add to that question with my own in that is there a danger to the people who handle the bodies i've heard that fentanyl can be like a really potent chemical and that there are like emergency workers and cops and first responders and i guess even the people doing the autopsy do the drugs, the chemicals present, present a danger to you or to anybody working with the body? Probably, <laughs> probably. probably. Uh, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't handle the bodies without suiting up and wearing gloves. And so, there, right. you want to treat everybody like they are a super infectious disease, just okay. in case. Yeah. So I don't touch a body without wearing gloves. I don't. I don't do anything until I've put a gown on and I've got gloves on and then, okay, here we go. I'm going to try to protect myself from whatever that person had. Hopefully I can't get it. I mean, there's probably a slight chance that something might happen to me, but hopefully with taking the, the right precautions, right. my chances are, are lower than normal. Okay. So I figured I'd do some of the, the questions that are in the chat now. Right. Um, so here's here's one. What it, I mean, obviously, it changes depending depending on homicides and stuff like that. But um, has any he asked, what are the busy days, weekends, holidays? Is there like a day um, every year that's worse than all the rest? <laughs> I, I hate to say this, like the weekends, there's people get more active homicide wise holidays. <laughs> people get more more suicidal because yeah. they're missing their loved ones. And so during the holidays, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, you see a bump in suicides because people miss their loved ones. Yeah. 
I'm sorry I laughed. It was the more activity homicide wise was just such a funny way to put that. (laughs) (laughs) You get out a little bit more. more... Bodies and then he's like, well, they get a little more active. And I'm like, come again. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to go out Saturday night and uh, take my gun with me. Right, right. Okay, so here's another question, which uh, here we go. Um, Is there a difference between an embalmer and an undertaker? Gentleman, gentleman skeptic asks. Um, Are undertake is that is undertaker even a word that's used anymore? I, I, like I, I know the embalmer is the one that embalms you and gets you ready for your funeral. Undertaker is would probably be an old, older version of that. Probably. I yeah, like thought an undertaker was the guy that, that came to your house to collect the body. Was the undertaker? That was my thought. So now the undertaker is the coroner because right. the coroner will come and pronounce you at home and take you away if you need an autopsy or let's see. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One of business is to prepare the dead for burial and to arrange and manage funerals. So funeral home director, I think maybe well, the, what we call them now. Yeah. So it, it's basically the same thing, just a different name. Okay. Awesome. He's a wrestler from yeah. the 90s. <laughs> yes, <Hello>. he is. <laughs> I had to scroll down past the wrestler stuff to find um, Here's another Big one. Big scary guy. Uh, would the toxicology report findings be listed on the death certificate? Yes, because, it. well, if it, if it plays a role in the death, then they will list it as an overdose due to, and then they'll put cocaine or meth or fentanyl level yeah and that also be in the autopsy report but yeah they'll fill out the death certificate and if if your toxicology was the reason that you died then that's what the reason is going to be on the your uh, death certificate too many weed edibles that's how you died (laughs) (laughs) if you die from eating weed edibles you really tried and you deserved like good for you for reaching your goal because I'm sure it was really hard. Like good for you. <laughs> so so Goals. here's a question that I'm sure is nice and sad. I don't know if you'll be into it, but what was the worst case that you've dealt with? Worst case. Um, this is from have to be child. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be probably child homicides. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started, like I said, I, I had that, that shaken baby. Yeah, it, it it got me that those those are the tough ones and yeah. it's it's it even though you try to put your feelings on the shelf it still it it rips your heart out even if it it isn't your kid you you treat it like it is your kid and it it is tough and so child child victims are definitely the hardest to work on. Yeah. Right. I, th- I think that when people ask that they like, cause that's, that's what I would probably like, because that was the worst thing about seeing the body bags for me was knowing that there was a kid in one of them. Yeah. But I right. think that uh, most people would assume you just detail the grossest one you ever found or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> um, so but yeah, no, I, goes back to that, that story where you saw that body bag, it was half full. It could have been somebody that had diabetes and they lost their legs. It could have been yeah. half a person. Right, right. But it was worse. It was somehow worse than the idea. Like, <laughs> ugh. 
right our, our mind automatically steers right to it and then tries to steer away and like oh that's a half person oh that's a kid oh <laughs> i want to go back to the half person thought like i, I, I'd much I don't want to think that's a kid in there <laughs> much grosser please give me gross yeah. over your child any day um so and here's another question from steve um what is the average time it takes to perform an autopsy so i'm gonna say this and gonna sound kind of mean skinny naked drug overdose takes 30 to 45 minutes versus a multiple stab wound homicide or multiple gunshot wound homicide could take six hours to perform okay. to track all the stab wounds to track all the bullet wounds to find all the bullets right. so you could be done in 30 minutes to 45 minutes if it's just a simple skinny naked drug overdose yeah. Or it could take six hours or even longer if you are collecting and collecting and documenting and photographing. And so you want to be thorough as you can. You don't want to miss anything because sometimes you only have one chance to do it. And so you have to slow down, take your time and make sure that you've done everything you can. And then once you did it all, double check it again and make sure that you didn't miss a bullet hole wound or you didn't miss a stab wound or something like that, that you, it, the homicides are the most important because you need to help find the person that killed that person. And you're definitely all this evidence that you're collecting, all your photographs, all your findings, all this is going to court to help put away that bad guy. So mm -hmm. it, it could take six hours or longer sometimes and sometimes it's just real quick. So part of this job also entails um, testifying in a court of law? Yeah, well, the doctor, the pathologist that I work with will go to court mm -hmm. and will testify and he will state the autopsy findings. Person was shot X amount of times, person was shot this amount of times, person had DNA collected from the fingernails, person was a DNA kit, a rape kit was performed on the female. And so the doctor will go and do all that. That's why he makes all the good money. And I just got the little, the little bit of money on the, on the bottom part. Yeah. But the doctor will go and, and, and testify and he, he'll go to court and he will state all the autopsy findings. So is there, in that case, is the findings by the doctor, that's the final say are there defense attorneys or, you know, attorneys for the accused who have access to the body? Or do you just get that one report from that one doctor and that's what it is? Yeah, that's it's usually it's, it's the doctor's report, the doctor's autopsy, the doctor's findings. Now, after we're done, they can request a second autopsy and they can pay a private place to do a second autopsy if if somebody thinks that the first one wasn't efficient or wasn't done correctly you can always request a second autopsy and it happens a lot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what is yeah. a private autopsy run you what's the damage uh here in the states i hear 
that just depends if you want a full autopsy, if you just want a head only, if you just want toxicology, or you want an autopsy without toxicology. Like, I think it's around $2,500 okay. to get a private autopsy. That's very reasonable. I mean, just, I yeah. expect and it I'm, to be I'm a sure, lot more. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of other places it probably costs more, but here in Arkansas, I think that's about the average going rate is about 2,500. It could cost more or it could cost less, but I think it's about average. Right. It's not um, out of the realm of possibility for someone who needs right. it privately for legal defense or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's right. it's in, within reach, but if you don't have any money, then you're like, well, crap, now, now what am I going to do? So I'll, I'll go back to uh, listen, or viewer questions in a second, but what does a brain feel like to hold? Oh, good question. Oh, yeah, so... I would imagine jello, but I don't know. It's 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 a little bit thicker than jello. Like, you can take jello and smash it, so it's... Yeah not as squishy as jello and i have really big hands so i have to be careful because when i reach in there to pull your brain out i i could i could squish right there it'd go through my fingers so it's it's between jello and play-doh if they it was like a mixture of play-doh you know how play-doh is real soft and pliable and then jello is just super soft so if you mix those two together like you could take the brain and squeeze it and it would eventually squeeze through your fingers but the people are like, do you touch it and it just falls apart? No. Unless you've been dead a little while, once you start to decompose, it, it's it's like like connect sand. It's just it just falls right out of the head once you start to decompose. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's a mixture between jello and, and play-doh. It's it holds its shape, but if you put pressure on it, it, it will squish and go through your fingers wild so i don't remember <laughs> your answer for the um erection question do you have people come in dead with erections so they they cut with the comment section went crazy they say that there <laughs> is a some type of condition where people do get boners after they die <laughs> i've seen it like three times but it is because they got a penile implant. It's like a balloon that you can get in there and just pump it up like Reebok pump shoes back in the day. You pump yeah. it up and it stays up. <laughs> it's a penile implant. They, they have that now. And the valve is in the sack where you can <laughs> pump it up. So please and, tell me that it's just, you just do this and it pumps up. Yep. <laughs> And so uh, wow. in my video, I'm like, yeah, they come in and they're saluting you. And then I have ACDC in the background of my video playing, we salute you. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, it's got, I, I don't know if it's saline that fills the balloons, but yeah, it pumps up and it just stays up. And then you got to like hold a button and then it'll go down. So I had a lot of people comment and say, okay, I didn't believe you. I went and Googled it. It's a real thing. And then the, the penis doctor got a hold of my video and he stitched it and he actually shows you doing it like he shows you it going up and so i posted that on my page so people could see it and they're like oh my god that it's real it's it's crazy there's there's actually a penis doctor on tiktok answering questions about penises i i saw him the other day and i i thought to myself should i ask jessica if she'd be interested in talking to a penis doctor 
I don't know what I'd ask him, <laughs> to be honest. I just don't have a lot of experience. Penis related questions. Penis questions. I don't have a lot of them. Right. There's only so many you could ask. <laughs> Uh, Somebody asked so, him if if the penis could be broken, and he's like, "Yes, it can be broken. There's two chambers in there that fill full of blood, and if you break it, then your penis is broken." And I was just like, "Oh my gosh, you can actually have a broken penis." I'm gonna have to watch more. It? If that happens, can they fix it? I, I don't know. I <laughs> hope so. There was an episode of New Girl when Schmidt broke his penis, and he had to wear a cast until his penis was fixed. So oh, I hope bruh. so. <laughs> they can do wonders with medical science these days. I just, I'm sure. No, because I'm sure if you did that 100 years ago, that was it. You just had a broken donger for the rest of your life. That was yeah, it's over. the end. It's over. <laughs> like you, you get one, but it's bent. Like it just didn't work right anymore. Or you have to like oh. fold it in half, put it in. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Just saying they're logistical issues. <laughs> Look, I'll go to the next the next question. Stella Stella asks, have you ever encountered anything that you might class as supernatural while doing an autopsy? No, I have not. I wish. I do believe. Like, I do believe. I want to see it. It'd probably like scare the crap out of me and I'd run away screaming like a little girl, but I want to see something move. I want to hear something. Because that I believe in that stuff, but where I do the autopsies, I've never heard or never seen anything. I don't know if it's it's people comment on my videos saying there's spirits all around me, but I guess I I got that part of the brain where it's not opened up where I I can't see them or hear them. I don't know, but I I've never yeah. seen anything paranormal. Oh, man. If I have that part of my brain switched off, I'd like it to remain switched off so that I can <laughs> sleep at night. Thanks. And my wife's like, don't try to talk to them. Don't bring them home. Leave work mm -hmm. at work now. <laughs> don't bring it home. Right. I'm like, come on. The other night we heard something in the kitchen move. I'm like, oh, I brought somebody home. She goes, stop talking like that. <laughs> I'm like, somebody's here. Did you hear that? Somebody's in the kitchen. I feel like, your play. wife on like a personal level. I feel her trepidation yeah. about that yeah. yeah she's like don't talk to them don't invite them home leave them at work they they can stay there i'm like okay all right so you you are dealing with the dead and dead bodies are you or did you when you first started have nightmares did you have ptsd type symptoms do you have did you have this like um after effects of like dealing so closely with something that most of us go out of our way and bend over backwards to avoid even thinking or talking about? Um, yeah, that, at, at first when I had that shaken baby, like I went home, I was so upset. I told my wife and I was, I had little ones and I was so upset that I went to bed and I, I just couldn't sleep. Like I brought home, work home with me and it affected my whole life. Like I, I didn't, yeah learn to leave it at work and then so people always ask me do you have nightmares or anything and then one time i was dreaming that i was walking through the cooler and there's probably 10 tables and someone sat up but they were covered in a sheet and they were waving at me and i just i i, I was like what is going on? and then, and then i woke up and then I, I was like what the hell is that like 
was that a nightmare? Was that somebody trying to talk to me? I didn't, but that only happened one time and I've, I've never had any nightmares per se, other than that one time that somebody sat up and was waving at me, but I couldn't see him. The sheet was covered. And so I don't know if it was somebody trying to talk to me. They were just waving. And then all of a sudden I woke up, but no, I've, I've learned to distance myself so much that I come home. I I'm so tired from moving dead weight around pushing and pulling that I'm so exhausted by the end of the day that I just lay down and go to sleep and I don't I dream about making TikToks now that's that's a <laughs> I'm like what can I make I need to make a video about this I need to make it so yeah I dream about TikTok and I, I don't dream about death and the death industry like people think right. that you would but I've distanced myself so much that I don't it yeah. becomes clinic like a clinical thing and you're no longer yeah, yeah right. no right. yeah. kind of numb to death and i'm not scared like people ask me a lot are you scared of death being in the position that you are and i'm like no don't be scared of death it's it's gonna it's gonna get you but don't do anything stupid where it gets you earlier live your life don't be worried about things that you can't change i mean live your life okay. if there's something you want to do do it don't be scared because we're not promised tomorrow. I mean, you're going to miss out on a lot of things worrying about death. And so don't worry about it. Just live your life. Be happy. Do the things you want to do. And if it does show up and get you, then you did live your life to the fullest. And you didn't miss out on so many things because you were worried about something that you can't really change. Would you say, sorry, Kim, I know you were about to say something too. Um, would you say that there is an effort to preserve dignity? I know that you have to remove these people's clothing and that, you know, you're basically like taking their private parts out. Um, these are all kind of things that I think we would attribute to the loss of dignity. Is there anything that um, people in your industry do to kind of accord that, yes, you were human. Yes, you're still deserving of, of human dignity despite the fact that I had to cut your balls off. <laughs> well, yes, yes. So totally 100% with me and a pathologist in there performing your autopsy. And so I get a lot of questions. Hey, can I come job shadow you? Yeah, can I come watch an autopsy? So this is not a public event. This is not where, hey, let's all go watch grandma's autopsy. This is <laughs> me and a pathologist. And then if you're a homicide, it's me, pathologist. And sometimes the, the police are there to watch the autopsy, to watch us figure out what happened to that person. So if, if you're shot or injured down by your private areas, when we're taking your photos, I will cover up your penis and balls. And so when we take the photograph of your leg, that will be shown in court in front of everybody, your private parts are covered and we're showing you the bullet wound or the stab wound to your leg. So yes, you're still a person and yeah. we treat everybody like they are a person. And even though they're gone, it, they, do, they do deserve dignity and their family deserves that. And so we do what we can to preserve it as much as we can. But yes, you do have to be, and that's one of the questions they're like, do I have to be naked when you do my autopsy? And I, I was like, yeah, I get you naked, put you on the table. And then I, I perform the autopsy naked. And I'm like, wait, no, I'm not naked. You're naked. <laughs> I perform the autopsy with you naked. I have my clothes on. So I was just trying to be funny. And a lot of people like that, but yeah, 
there is some things that we do to respect the body and and we're not disrespecting you we're not slamming you on the table we're not punching you in the face where you are <laughs> someone's loved one right we are taking care of you as if you was if you were my mom or you were my brother or the, the death industry people just don't understand because it's so behind closed doors but we treat everybody like they are our loved ones and that's how we want to be treated and that's how we want everybody to be treated so yeah have, have you, you think ever... that go ahead go ahead you think that because you're naked on the table you've you've lost everything but there there's still little things that we do to preserve some of your dignity if nudity made me that. lose my dignity i would have lost my dignity to my wife long long ago i mean <laughs> um have you ever and this might be too personal if it is skip right past it have you ever had somebody that you knew on your table yes so eventually that will happen um i i work a day job i run a morgue in a hospital and i do private autopsies nights and weekends and at my second job where I make the videos, someone came in and I recognized them from the hospital that I worked at. And I was just like, wow, there wasn't like someone I like a best friend or anything. I knew they worked at my day job, but I autopsied two people from my day job at my second job. Wow. But it wasn't like a close friend or I get that a lot. Have you autopsied a close friend or a relative? And no. But I have autopsy two people that I did know. Now I don't. I didn't know them on like best friend level, but I knew them from my other job. But you had seen them alive, walking around, talking, snacking, laughing, yes. doing all the things we do, yeah. and then you could see them on the table. And then, and then unzip that bag, and there they are. Like wow, mm -hmm. it's um, it's it, it's kind of shocking to see something like that happen. Yeah, right. I can imagine. And here's another personal question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, are you, uh, We've talked about your how it's affected you in different ways, but I'm curious, are you a spiritual or religious person? And if you are, has that changed how you view anything? Uh, not really spiritual. Um, okay. Mom and dad didn't grow up having me go to church, so I didn't. I don't have much church background versus other right. people. So, okay. Has right, it, right. But it, has it affected your like your concept of death at all? Uh, how you viewed it before? Like, yeah, I used to be scared of, of death. And now that I see it every day and it's kind of desensitized me and, and you, you see every day from a homicide shooting, stabbing to a car wreck accident, you don't know when you're going to go. And so it kind of changed my outlook on life to live it to the fullest. Yeah, because I could be driving to work tomorrow and be in a car wreck and then lights out, it's over. And yeah. so I'm not scared of death. So I just try to live every day the best I can. Right, okay. right. So you also say you're an embalmer. And this may be a silly question, but have you ever gotten any weird requests when you've had to do any of any part of your job? Have there, are there any, is there like a notes line where people like request certain things or is there anything weird that you've had to do? Uh, as in like helping embalm, um, helping embalm in any part of it. Uh, well, like, like not everybody understands the process of, of 
autopsies because sometimes we get autopsies that come with a permission slip and they'll write in the notes section don't cut up the face well that's that's not what we do we will make an incision behind your ears but that person's family member said complete autopsy don't cut up the face and so <laughs> not everybody understands because it's such a behind the closed door thing what all happens during an autopsy right. and so right. i'm off top yeah like I, they they requested us not to cut the face and then um don't usually get a lot of strange requests mm-hmm. um it's just it's just people don't understand exactly what all happens like That's sometimes it. we'll get a a brain case something went wrong with the brain and they'll just give us permission to do chest and abdomen only which we need to look at your brain but they didn't give us permission to do that and so sometimes it it falls upon the the doctor not explaining to the family members what all needs to happen so if it's a heart patient we we really need to look at the heart and we need you to give us permission to take the heart and lungs or if it's something neurological, we need to look at your brain. So we really need to do a brain autopsy. And so it's it's a lot of just people not understanding what the process entails and, and doctors not explaining exactly what needs to be done to help find the cause of death. When you remove these items, the brain, the heart, the organs, whatever, um, do you put them back after? after they're tested, after the pathologist goes through them, are they returned to the body? Yes, so I remove piece by piece and we weigh each organ and document the weight. And then what he'll do is he'll take bread loaf, if you know it, with a big knife, he'll take mm-hmm. section like he'll cut and then he'll look at each section. And then what he'll do is he'll take a little section of that bread loaf and put it in cassettes to be sent to histology. Then what he doesn't take, we put it all in one big biohazard bag. And then when he takes all his little sections, we'll we'll save a little piece and we'll submit a piece to histology. So I'll have a a cup full of a little bit of heart, a little bit of lung, a little bit of liver. And so in case we need to go back, we have a little piece of each organ in a jar. So what we don't save goes in one big bag. And then what I do is I set that bag in your chest cavity and then I'll do one stitch right here at the Y incision and you'll either go to a funeral home or um, you'll get embalmed uh, right there where I work, the double, um, where we do embalmings and and uh, autopsies. And what they'll right. do is they'll, they'll put fluid in that bag, uh, the viscera, and they'll fix it to where you you have everything it's just all in your chest. And that's, that's one thing that like people freaked out about. They're like, so you take my brain and you put it in my chest. <laughs> and then another comments like, so you take my testicles out and then they're also in my chest. <laughs> you take my tongue out and it's in my chest. I'm like, yeah, everything's in a bag in your chest. You wrap it all up like a to-go order. <laughs> yeah. It's all in one big red bag and it sits in your, it says in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that there are some religious faiths that think that you need to be buried intact. Like you need to have all of your organs with you when you go into 
the dirt. I don't know if it's because of the resurrection or anything like that, but I know that that's important for some people's religious faith that they go into the ground with all of their organs. It's in a bag in the chest. Well, as long as they're all there, I don't like, it was not specific about where the organs were just that you had them. Yeah. I think they wouldn't bury uh, Michael Jackson until they had, they, they looked at his brain like weeks later and then once they looked at his brain, they re- returned his brain to his body, and then they could bury him. They wouldn't bury Michael Jackson without returning his brain to him. Huh, I guess they kept it to fix it, to look at it later, and like several weeks later, they were done, and they're like, okay, they got him his brain back, and then they buried him. So I, I, I have a question in light of all of this. Um, I, we've all seen on television the story of the old man with the young lover who his heart pops in the middle of... Um, enjoying themselves and then he's brought into the mortician or to the morgue with a huge smile plastered on his face and the family is asking them can you do something about the smile is this a thing and then what do you do about it so the first part of your story is a thing it happens a lot okay (laughs) keel over having fun Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you can die having you can die having sex, um, <laughs> and then you come I'm in with a smile on your woman. face. <laughs> <laughs> get off me! <laughs> so yeah, uh, they can when you get embalmed, they can put a mouth former in there. It's a, it's like a big piece of plastic, and they actually form your mouth to a smile or or a sad face or. Or whatever so yeah you are able to they call it set the features when you're embalming Mm -hmm. the body and so Mm -hmm. he's got that smirk on his face you can take it down a notch or two so he's not (laughs) as happy (laughs) so yeah that that definitely is something that that the embalmer can do it's called set the features okay i always thought that that was totally made up for tv no (laughs) No. yeah it's for real And it, and it happens when not with your wife, it's with your girlfriend. And then yeah, you got a whole, they, yeah, <laughs> we got, we have those come in too. And we're like, well, he was with his girlfriend and didn't make it. And we're like, oh, okay. He died doing who he loved. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the wife, the wife has to pay for the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let me get back to some of these other questions. And in the notes, it says, cut that mother's face up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, MKUltra asks, how easy is it for autopsies in prison to be faked? An autopsy in prison? Yeah. Like uh, an inmate died in prison and he's sent for an autopsy? I suppose so, yeah. Uh, That's probably what they're asking. if, If if there's a cover-up but because there's cameras everywhere even if they're telling stories when you get to us we'll be able to tell what trauma is on the body if you were kicked in the balls or if you were strangled or if you were punched in the face all that comes out during the autopsy so even if say the inmate died in prison and they say he was just found dead we are able to tell if it is a homicide or if it's just they found dead so uh, even a, if it started to be a cover-up 
Yeah, if it's a cover up, it's we'll be able to figure out if somebody's lying, and it it has happened. It has happened. All right, here's another question that's far less uh, genteel. Uh, how have you ever found? Uh, how many times has he found sex toys? Have you ever found things inside of a pleasurable inside. nature? Um, no. <laughs> no sex toys. Cool. I'll sleep I, a lot I, better at night knowing that. Just I don't know why. I, why does he have a fox tail? <laughs> oh, what does the fox say? Oh god. I did find pill bottles up up the back door from an inmate, but that's I guess he was he was holding, but no sex toys. Pill bottles, yes. Yeah. Right, right. Here's a here's a fun another fun question. Uh, does anyone ever play practical jokes in the morgue? Uh, Have you ever hidden in a drawer? Yes. Uh, <laughs> sometimes we we stand in the cooler and beat on the door and scare the the mortician when he walks in. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me out! Right. Let me out! <laughs> their face they turn they turn bright white and they're like, "What? <laughs> what's, that, what's that noise?" Yeah, no. We try to make light of of the, the the dark situation. Yeah, we we we're a bunch of pranksters. So there's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Mac and not Mac and Charlie, D and Charlie That's believe right. that they have become cannibals. Cannibals. And uh, they want to try a human person. They want to eat human meat. And there's a hilarious horribly racist conversation that goes on with that. Um, but have you ever had anyone try to do anything improper, like come to the morgue and try to do something improper and you've had to tell them to go away? Send them away. Uh, no, I mean, no sometimes <laughs> yeah, family members want to show up and sometimes they want to view the body or watch the autopsy and we're, we're just like no that's you can't do that you you we shoot them away we're like no you, you can't be here this is this is not a family a family friendly place so right. Right. we've that we've had it a couple times where families showed up and they want to see their loved one and we're just like no you have to go to a funeral home that's where you can see your loved one when they're all embalmed and fixed up you don't want to see them at this state because it's yeah. it's not a memory you want to keep the rest of your life. Well, I didn't even want that memory after the embalming with my with my father. Like I like everyone else wanted to see him and I was like I know what death looks like. I'd much rather remember him and not look at him and go, "Okay, now blink. Blink. Do so. I don't want to do that." Right, right. And so for me, I I asked, I said, "Hey, y'all can do that. I'll come in, I'll come in town after um, I don't, I don't really want to be a part of that. Cause I've seen some of that stuff before. And I called my mom on FaceTime, not knowing what, where they were, what they were doing. And it was when they were viewing the body. And so I had to anyway, and watch everyone's emotional reactions from afar. And it was the worst. I oh. would, they just set you up on an iPad and set you on a table and you just sat there for the whole well, thing. Well, my, my mom held the phone and pointed it and, you know, showed me. Oh, good. And, Thanks, mom. And, um, <laughs> you know, I got to watch my siblings deal with their grief 
and they dealt with it very differently than I do. Cause you, you know, me, I'm not Jessica. I'm, I, I make jokes. I cope that way. I'm not going to wail and yeah. watching people wail. I don't like that. We brought up kind of um, that scene and it's always sunny and how they have kind of a racist conversation. <laughs> um, so what surprised me about that scene is that in the morgue, there's um, a black man on a table and he's next to the white man on a table. I don't know if this is the case just where I live in rural Georgia, but I had a friend who his job was to help pick the bodies up. Like he would go to the people's homes and help load them into cars. And he told me that the funeral um, and death industry is extremely racially segregated and that they'll only send white, uh, I guess, body collectors out to collect white people and only black body collectors out to collect black people. And that it's very, very like um, still very much segregated. Is that the case where you are? Or is that just something that's still going on in Georgia? Uh, I, I would love to say that it doesn't happen, but I, I think that still that still does happen. And it's, right. it's terrible that it's that way. Well, because I, I remember saying to him, well, we've only got the one, because um, I live in a small town, well, we've only got the one uh, funeral home. He says, no, that's the white funeral home. You think it's the only funeral home because you're white. I was like, oh, right. is there a black funeral yeah. home I don't know about? Turns out there yeah. is. Yeah. And yes. I don't know about it because <laughs> I've been there. So I just, right. it was something that I didn't know. I, I that that part of the world, the, the death industry, as you described it so well, is deeply yeah. racially segregated. Um, can you speak to that? Or do you know why that is or why that persists? Because everything seems so clinical. Uh, You're dealing with law enforcement and doctors and all of that stuff. So it seems like once you cross through that door, there wouldn't be this sort of like social segregation anymore, but there very much is specifically in the death environment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still that way. There's still so many white funeral homes and then so many black funeral homes. And it's, it's still like if a person passes away, you kind of know what funeral home they're going to use. And then they're not all that way. There's some funeral homes that are both, but the majority mm -hmm. is it's split right down the line. Like you're either going yeah. this way or that way. And it's, it's terrible that it's still that way. Right. I, I never would have even thought of that. You wouldn't think of it in, yeah. until you're picking up a body. The way that he described it is that he had didn't think about it, but he had been picking up all white people until they sent him on a call to pick up a black person. And before that happened, he was like brought aside and told, hey, look, you probably aren't aware of this, but this industry is segregated. We're not supposed to send white people to pick up black people. So you're probably going to meet some resistance. You're probably going to encounter some, you know, because the yeah. family, the loved ones are concerned that a white person that they don't know is now in their home picking up the grandma and it triggers a bunch of like undealt with kind of emotions in that category. And so he was told by several people as an aside, look, this is what you're walking into. And he wasn't expecting it. it he was at that job for months before it happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me get through a couple more of these questions in the chat real quick. Uh, to go back to you, you, you were you were asked if um, you've ever had someone close or family member on your table. But if you had a family member come in, would you recuse yourself or a friend or would yeah. you do the yeah, that's, 
I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, like it that I mean, you could put your feelings on the shelf for your job, but then once that personal person comes in, it's it it would definitely be hard for me to do, and that's something I probably shouldn't do. I mean, yeah. right? I wouldn't want to. No, because you have to carry that around in your brain for the rest of your life. This yeah. is a good yeah. a good question on top of the kind of racially segregated death industry, which is so odd to me. But is there also some segregation, like Quest is asking here, are some funeral homes aligned with a given religious denomination? Like, do you know where to send the Catholics? Like, is that a thing as well? Or, um, Yeah, there's some, like, there are the, the Catholic um, funeral homes that, that deal more towards religious stuff. So, yeah, mm -hmm. there that just depends on what all the family members are going to request there's some funeral homes that will do above and beyond to match the needs of the family so yes and um i'm an orthodox christian and one of the things that sets us apart in our funeral services is that the congregation kisses the body we don't consider it to be um no longer you that our bodies are um, types or icons of the creator and so we honor that by kissing the body i have not yet been to an orthodox funeral but having grown up in modern america this is like almost an anathema to me that you would place your lips on a deceased person i guess and this is probably not the coolest way to ask this question but i'm just going to go for it is there a place i should aim for that's going to be less juicy than any other place Let's say probably the forehead. Probably gotcha. this because yeah. <laughs> you get okay. this is uh this is where fluids could come out. So okay. I would say forehead probably. Right here. Got you. Yeah. I'm on top of it. Thank you. That's actually gonna be like useful information <laughs> at some point in my yes. life, and I'm gonna be grateful yes. <laughs> that I asked you. <laughs> I think that by the time you get through the line and it's your turn, it's gonna be juicy anyway. Look, I just uh, try to be first in line. <laughs> like, it's already bad enough that you're kissing a dead body. I don't really need, like, sloppy seconds from all the other mourners before I do. So uh, we're at, like, an, a little over an hour and a half, and I don't want to keep you forever. I know that you have TikToks to make that will make me laugh later. Um, but I do want to ask you a couple more questions, and we, we ask one question of every guest before they leave. But... Um, We've talked about what your least favorite part of the job is. I mean, babies. Um, outside of that, I would wonder what do you think is your favorite part of the job, and what do you, what besides babies is your least favorite part of the job? So I know this is probably not the best job for me because I don't really like feces or poop, and oh, this job die. sometimes is is it's really bad. Like I got a question on TikTok, they said do everyone crap their pants when they die and so i tried to explain it to them i'm like you know when you get older they you have to wear a diaper because the muscles don't hold it in like it should and the older people have accidents well it's the same thing when you die all the muscles that are holding everything in well they relax and so yes you you do have accident in your pants but then i told them i was like out of 10 autopsies i might see maybe three to four people with feces in their pants. I mean, it's not everybody that it happens to, but it does happen. And mm -hmm. it's 
it's not something you should worry about because you're gone. It's just part of life. It's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But yeah, my the thing that I hate the most is is cleaning poop off people. I don't I don't really <laughs> like that part. So that's the one thing that I don't like. And there's somebody asked me, it's like, what's the worst thing I've seen in an autopsy? And I told them it's the uh, it's when you have a super colon that gets massive and it as soon as i open you up and i see that giant colon i'm just like oh no oh no they're full of poop yeah it's full it's full of poop Uh, yeah so poop is is the one thing that i i just I know it's part of my job, but I just don't, I, I can't get used to it. It's just, it's one of the things I, like, oh man. I'm, so I'm one really of my... terrible with poop, really terrible with poop. But I also know that I couldn't do your job because uh, when my wife had our second baby, she wanted to do um, like a, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the thing that connects to the inside of the uterus? I can't remember the name of it. Um, the canal, the vaginal. Canal? No, 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 no. The the, tubes? the thing that's connected to the um, umbilical cord, the placenta. Oh, the placenta. Which yeah. means cake. Isn't that weird? Um, hmm. But I, she wanted to do a print of that, right? And I tried to touch the bag, not the thing <laughs> itself, the bag, and I was like, <laughs> so I couldn't a do print? your job at all. Yeah, so it's a, a hippie thing. Um, which we did, we, we did do that, but, um, with a couple of them, but you essentially take the placenta and you dip it in ink and then you make a print with it. And it looks like a tree of life is the idea. It's very odd. I can show you, I will show you if I can find them, I will show you our, our, our prints. We didn't do it for all of them. So gross. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I was just, but you were going on to your favorite, I think. Sorry. Okay, so uh, backstory: when I was growing up, my dad had a body shop and he fixed cars and painted them. And so I spent a lot of my free time helping dad in the body shop. And once I became an autopsy tech, we had a homicide that came in. It was a victim of a hitting hit and run, and mm. the car fled the scene. Well, in his clothing, there was a little piece of plastic that had a piece of metal on it. And I told the the pathologist that I was working with, I said, this is a part of the car. This is a part of the bumper or the fender, and it's got a rivet on it. And so he's like, we'll bag it. We'll send it to evidence. Later, they were able to match that rivet and piece of plastic to a suspect's car. And so the doctor told me, he says, because of you, they were able to id and catch the criminal that hit and run this person they were drunk driving and they fled the scene and because i collected that little piece of evidence i was able to get justice for that person that that died and so my favorite part is collecting the evidence that will potentially put away a bad guy right so that's that's my favorite thing it it takes Mm -hmm. the longest but other than babies, it's one of the most important things of my job is, is collecting the evidence that might link back to somebody that will put away a bad guy. I, um, I, I, it's really strange to think about a person who does your job because someone like you will be with me in one of the most intimate and private moments of my existence on this planet. 
And although I won't be alive for it any longer, it's still in a, a very intimate moment in my journey. And I'll never meet the person who no. is doing that. But in a way, having met you here today gives me a sense of comfort because it's like, okay, there's a real person going to be doing that who like is going to recognize me as a human being and make an attempt to preserve my dignity. And um, if something nefarious or bad happens to me, is going to work really hard to make sure that people know what happened. Um, there's a great deal of comfort in that. I, I When I first was leading up to this episode, I thought this was going to be really hard to take. It's something that I'm going to have to like deal with emotionally afterward. But I have to say, speaking to you has comforted me a great deal that um, I feel a bit better about the process. Yeah, I, I get that a lot on TikTok. They're like, I know I'll never get to meet you. And if I do, I won't know. But I hope it's you that does my autopsy because you care about that person. You put forth the effort. You're not just throwing us on the table, whipping our parts out and then assembly line and us out the door. No, you actually care. And, and I'm not the only one there. We are everywhere. And I'm just one that got a little TikTok fame and yeah. brought a little light to the uh, to the death industry. And just uh, a lot of times it's they, they call it the final bath. I'm the last person that's going to see you naked. And hopefully poor, poor man. <laughs> yeah, I get to give you your last bath. Right. That's and it's that's so intimate because you think about when you're born and your mother gives you your first bath. And this is something we treasure. We put the memories in books, we take pictures, we like really focus on that first bath that your mom gives you. And then there's this last bath and it happens in the quiet and it happens behind closed doors. But it is no less intimate a moment in no. that human being's yeah. existence. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as important as the first one. It's just yeah. you're you're gone, so somebody's taking care of you and it's you're yeah. in good hands. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for doing that for people. Yeah. And and thank you for coming on and talking about this. Um, like I said, we we want to wrap up, but before I do my last question, I want to ask you what of your giant video game collection that's behind you is your most prized game that you own prized game well um last weekend lou ferrigno was doing a little comic book tour and i got my hulk super nintendo autographed by lou ferrigno so oh, that snap. now it was on the top of my list of yes <laughs> That's, that's that's awesome. So, that's really cool. I feel I got like my you, picture with him. I, you got your picture with him. I got my picture with him. And I, I had him autograph my Super Nintendo game, and I I have a shirt that uh, I just did the Little Rock half marathon, and the theme was be who you want to be, and so I got a Hulk shirt, and I I put cricket letters on it that said be incredible, because I wanted to be incredible, and I wore that shirt. To meet him and he looked at me and he goes hey nice shirt and i was like thank you i, I, I was like total fangirl i was like i could die now the hulk said he likes my shirt <laughs> he autographed my super nintendo game and now i got a selfie with him so uh, i'm i'm ready to die now somebody can and i always get that question like who is gonna do your autopsy i'm like i'm not worried about that 
because I know whoever gets me, if I need an autopsy, I'm in good hands. And so I try not to think about that. Like, who's going to do it? I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're in good hands. I hope it's Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Somebody commented for- on my TikTok and, and they're like, what if you got to do Lou's autopsy? I'm like, oh, I'd be sad. I would be so yeah. sad. I don't want to do Lou's autopsy. <laughs> Uh, and it has to be kind of funny because you have all, that huge collection and there are also TikToks of people. Are like, I think that they genuinely are like, hey, you look a lot like the uh, autopsy guy when you're talking about video games. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. Hey, you look like the you. autopsy guy. <laughs> yeah. You have all this collection. I'm, I'm sure you were surprised that that didn't take off, but the death stuff did. Yeah, this is what my kids say. They're like, Dad, are you sad that your video game TikToks didn't take off? I'm like, well... Yeah, kind of, but I kind of intermix them in between the death talk, and so hopefully they'll get a little views and know, know that I'm not just the autopsy tech guy. I'm a video game guy. I like to run. I'm the, the running guy. I've lost 100 pounds. I, I like to go fishing, so there's more to me just than autopsies. I want the TikTok world to know that, hey, I'm a gamer. I, I collect video games. I, I like to go fishing. I like I like to do stuff other than death. Yeah, I would I want people so. to know that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I haven't taken off on TikTok. I, I have a, a couple of followers, but uh, maybe I'll just have to become an autopsy tech just so that I can get a few more followers. <laughs> um, but no, you've been, you you've might been wonderful. That's some gross stuff. <laughs> uh, I think there's wonderful. a reason for it, though, because we. I, I know you're getting ready to do your wrap up, but I, I do want to say that I think that people... Um, don't know about this and they want to. And because it's so right. secretive and it's so behind closed doors that even just this little opportunity for that almost two hours that we've been talking, I've learned a lot. I didn't know almost half of the things that you opened up your mouth and told us today. And it's not um, ter- as terrifying as I thought it would be. Like I actually yeah. really appreciate it. And I think people would do um, a, g- a good thing for themselves if they learned what the processes of death were going to look like what it was going to be like when they have a family member pass like who to call what to do all of these things are you know something we're all going to go through someday and um i don't know i just like really appreciate you being open about it because how else would we know it's hard to find this information yeah yeah Yeah, it's just it's all behind closed doors and nobody talks about it and then when it does happen everybody's scared to death because they've never experienced it they don't know what to do hopefully my tiktok's help people and they're not as scared of the process and they kind of know okay gw said when this happens this is what we need to do or this is what we need to do don't freak out don't have a panic moment it stay calm this is just part of life everything's going to be okay yeah thanks man will i be able to gift anyone my skull once i'm dead or is that illegal um (laughs) i i don't know that's that's a good like I know you can donate your organs and you can donate your bones which usually is your your leg bones and your arm bones you can do that where people can use them and you can donate your skin but I don't know about skull I just want to know if I can be... be Yorick in some version of Hamlet out there and then I could just say here here's my my skull have some really terrible actor in your your play talk to my skull please that's all i want to know i can't get i can't figure it out i feel like they can 3d print that they don't need your real skull 
Oh, it'd be so much better though. Could you imagine <laughs> having that acting moment? Wait, I, I don't know if you've ever acted, but like actually having someone would be so much more impactful, <laughs> I feel like. But that's neither here nor there. I did want to say you've been wonderful and our 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 chat has been lighting up with us. So I wanted to share these with you. Uh, please let him know uh, us viewing really appreciate his honesty and candidness tonight. It was fascinating Great. that you were, yes, such a good guest. Um, Stella says, thank you so much. So many questions, somewhat comforting, comforting answers. Uh, and so people are, people are, they really liked it. So I think you're wonderful. I love your TikTok. I could probably talk even more about everything that you do, uh, including video games. Uh, but we should come to an end. So the question that we ask at the end of every episode, um, the last two years, I don't know if you noticed, have been kind of weird and awful. And so there are a lot of people that are very down and there are a lot of demotivated people. There are a lot of sad people. There are a lot of depressed people. Yes. Um, so what we, what we set out to do when we kind of re reframed our show and became the mad ones was we wanted to be a show that shared hope. So what we ask everyone at the end of the episode is what is something right now in your life? It could be something very personal. It could be something global, national, whatever. What's something that gives you hope right now and gives you the motivation to carry on that you would want to share with the audience? Um, I get up every morning and I have a pep talk with myself and I, and I keep going every single day to be the best that I can be, to be the best example for my kids, to show everyone around me, hey, don't be sad, don't, don't be down, do what you can, do everything you can to the best of your ability. And if someone sees you trying your hardest, you might motivate somebody else. And that's, I love to motivate people. And I, I love hearing on my TikToks, hey, you look so good, you're doing really great, you're motivating me, I started walking, like, I try to motivate every single person that I come in contact, and that keeps me going, and setting a really high example of a good person for my kids, so mm -hmm. they will grow up to set examples for their kids, so you learn the situation that you're in, if you're in a bad situation and that's all you've seen all your life then that's kind of what you learn to do and learn to be and i want to set the bar super high i want to keep going i want to try to do the best i can every day so my kids see that my friends see that everybody around me sees like hey dw he's really putting effort in he's really trying i want to be motivated like him I he's motivating me to do something so that's the i, I get up every morning and the alarm goes off at five o'clock and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay, get up. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's be the best person we can be today because tomorrow it's not promised. You might not be here tomorrow, but today I'm going to set the best example I can for everyone that sees me and hopefully they're proud of me and they get a little spark from me, steal a little my, my sunshine and hopefully they get motivated to do something that makes them happy. I was like, make yourself happy. Do something that you want to do. And other people will see how happy you are. And it'll make them happy seeing that you're happy. Yeah. yeah. That's a great answer. And like I said, I appreciate you 
coming on the show and talking to us and letting us ask all of these questions that I'm sure you've answered on your TikTok already. Uh, but if people want more motivation, if they want to hear what you do, uh, they can do that very easily by going on TikTok, Instagram, and everywhere else. I believe you're on Twitter as well, at big underscore lead 73. And I also have that link as well as a link to your um, link tree in the description. So if you want to find them, it's in the description. But you have anything else you'd like to to add or let them know about? This was my first uh, time doing something like this, I guess, podcast. And uh, I was really scared coming on. I was, I was hopefully <laughs> I wouldn't be too nervous, but I really enjoyed it. And I would like to come back in the future if yes. y'all would like to yeah. have me. Uh, we would love to have you. This is a wonderful conversation, to be honest. And even down to your answer, your hope answer. Everybody always gives such great ones for that. But um, your answer actually kind of touched me personally. I always tell people when a loved one passes away that the ones that we love never truly go away as long as we live by the lessons yeah. that they taught us. Yeah. And when we yeah. teach those lessons then to our children, they are living through us. And you oh, yeah. are living the embodiment of that, that the yeah. lessons that you have and you're giving them to your children. And one day your body won't be here anymore, but the things that you're teaching them will. And they're going to teach yeah. that to their kids. And that's how we live. Well, yeah. what, I, what I also loved about that answer is I think maybe for the first time it was answered in a way that was outward rather than inward. Mm. So mm -hmm. it was you want to motivate others and that gives you hope. Yeah. Right? Whereas a it, lot of the answers that are very good, I'm not you know saying right. any of the old answers are bad, but it's the first time I think that I've heard someone say, it's about what I can do for others and how I can yeah. help others. And that's beautiful to me. So I appreciate you, man. <laughs> you were great. I'd love to talk to you some more. I'm sure I will. I, I keep saying I need, I, I'm so bad at using TikTok because only every now and then does something come across my feed that I'm like, I want to be sarcastic about this. So I'm terrible <laughs> at it, but I, I need to, I need to, you know, uh, stitch some of your stuff or uh, what's the other one. I'm, I'm such a boomer. I don't have TikTok, so I don't Duet. know what you guys are talking about. Duet, Duet. Yeah. yeah. You don't need, have TikTok? Do no, nah, I don't do The only time I see TikTok is when Cam sends me TikToks. <laughs> and <laughs> he knows I'm awake um, because in my DM, we'll hit a new TikTok for the morning. I'm like, ah, <laughs> my morning TikTok. <laughs> You'll have to send you one of mine and see what you think. <laughs> Hopefully not too early in the morning. So I'm not like, ah. Death. Yeah. <laughs> implants. <laughs> so I learned so many things today that I did not think we're going to be card part of this discussion. So, yes, that's what Great I episode. love. That's what I love about our show, and what I love about GW is I knew when we start we were going to have this conversation that we were going to go everywhere and hit all sorts of things, and I was like so that stoked is... for that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, but yeah, right so down, hit it all. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'll, I'll I'll let you get off the screen so that we can tell everyone else what's coming up and where to find us if they don't know already. Uh, but we appreciate you very much. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Bye, All right. So for the rest of you, you should be following us on Twitter right now. <sighs> but we'll get to that next. I'm just going to. So I'm changing things instead of doing, hey, this is what's happening for the next four weeks. I'm just going to tell you one. I'm going to tell you what's happening next week, which I'm really excited about as well. If you're a patron, 
Uh, you're going to be able to watch it early at noon on Monday. If you're not a patron, become one so you can be a part of that conversation. But we're going to be talking to Elias Dummer, which it's a great name. Uh, who he fortunate was, name. You know, it. he got it. He got it in school. You know, he did. Um, but he he led um, he was in a band called the City Harmonic and he led a um, kind of a multi-denominational unity movement. He was in a, a movement to have Christians come together and worship together and work together and and kind of be more unified. And so we're going to talk to him next week about the worship experience, what it's like being in a big band doing worship. We're going to talk about the the eccentricities of worship and how some people hate this and hate that. We're going to get all into it. I'm very excited about that. Uh, so if you're not a patron, become one if you want to be a part of that. Uh, beyond that, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ham Carlos still, even though I've appealed like three times lately in hopes that Elon Musk would have... I mean, I know he's not in charge yet, but have mercy on me. Give me my name back. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can do that at Ham Carlos on Twitter. Jessica is still at Soup Canarchist on Twitter uh, if you would like to follow her as well. Um, if you ha if you're watching this now and you haven't you know hit like or subscribe or any of that or shared it, do that. The only way we grow is if you share our stuff and if you if you like it, you comment, etc. Um, we have some really great people out there who are sharing all the time. But if you share, the more we can do, the bigger guests we can get, the more interesting topics we can hit because we'll have just that little bit extra bit of clout. I'm not a clout chaser. I'm not. But if it helps me talk to some really cool people. I'm not against getting some. Uh, beyond that, um, if you'd like to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash themadones. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can watch it every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So we, if we're not doing it live, we premiere it there and we're in the chat. So if you want to watch it, the best way to do that, unfortunately, right now is still YouTube. So youtube.com slash themadones. You can also catch the video on Rockfin, on Odyssey. If you'd like to listen, you can go to any podcatcher. And also, you could go to wearethemadones.com. But here's what you should do. You should buy a shirt or a mug. Not so that I can make money, because it doesn't pay. These things don't pay, but it helps us get the name out there. And so if you go to wearethemadones.com slash store and grab a shirt or a mug, it'll really help us out as well. That's all I've got. Anything you want to impart to these wonderful people who wasted their time doing this with us tonight? <laughs> yeah, that you should not be a clout chaser. You should be a chubby chaser. That's why yeah. you should like our channel, because I'm a chubby. <laughs> Get yourself a little fat wife. I'm a chubby. And look, look <laughs> I can I, if you like Tim Pool, I can do that too. Um, because all of his tweets are holy shit or oh my god, this is real. It's all his tweets. It's stupid <laughs> and I'm tired of it. Uh, but that's it. So we're gonna go now. Uh as always, you have a chance to be a light in the world, so uh go light it up. <laughs> <laughs>